Jesus to My Rescue offers powerful, motivational content for the whole family. Visit our website now at www.jesustomyrescue.com. Join our Christian community today. Dear listener, I'm Yaku van Ast, the founder and managing director of Jesus to My Rescue Ministries and Outreach. My topic today is God Still Laughs. Brother and sister in Christ, there is a lot of words we use to describe God. Creator, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, all-seeing, ruler, amazing, victorious, wonderful, loving, and the list goes on and on. Now many of them come from our understanding of God revealed in the stories of Scripture, and of course also our own experiences of the divine. And yet, with an immense vocabulary and wealth of resources, there is one word I think we don't often include in our list for who God is, and that is funny. Now that I say that God is funny, you might think that I'm crazy, or maybe you even think that it is blasphemy to say something like this. Some of you might ask me, you know, but does that mean that God have a sense of humor? And if so, what does it even mean? The general image of God tends to be more serious, more dignified. This makes me think back in time when I was small. And I remember going to church, and I will not mention the denomination, and um, being told that you are not allowed to talk in church. You are not allowed to worship openly, you know, such as clapping your hands or putting your arms and hands up, you know. Um, yeah, it was, it was just wrong. I was taught that it was disrespectful. To do such things. I was told that in church you need to sit down, be quiet, and listen. And just don't do anything. Growing up with this, I always thought, wow, God is so serious. I also, you know, fell asleep many times during the Sunday service. Which I believe happened to many of you and, and still happens to many of you. In fact... I really did not even enjoy going to church at all, as it was so formal and so serious. Except some Sunday evenings, you know, sometimes we had really powerful worship evenings, though we were still not allowed to do it in the way we wanted to. We still basically had to stand still in one position all the time while singing. If you dare move, you would get those eyes staring at you. Oh, and don't forget the looks you would get from the old ladies in the church. As a young child, Christianity, Christianity to me was just boring, and I could, I could really not understand why God would not allow us to be joyful inside his house. I mean, to be a Christian, to be saved, to be... A child of, of, of the living God, it's, that is just, that is something to be joyful about. Uh, many years after I left school, I went to a church where, 
you know, you could um, worship in any way that you want. You know, in the beginning, this was a big shock to me, you know, um, and some something, you know, that I really, you know, had to get used to. But it is this type of joyful church service that got me to accept Jesus into my life and get baptized. At some stage, I felt a big urge to do research on who Jesus was as a human being. And um, after watching um, uh, docu-series and reading a lot of, of material which is um, not necessarily biblical, I realized that joy truly comes from the Lord. When I did this study, which I did over, I can't even remember, weeks, months, I really for the first time in my life understood the meaning of the scripture that says joy comes from the Lord. Yes, Jesus, God in human form, was indeed a very joyful man. Jesus enjoyed being in the company of joyful people, having fun and, and generally enjoying life. You can do really go and do your own study and you will find these stories of Jesus. It was, you know, it was from a joyful occasion, a big wedding, where Jesus actually performed his very first miracle. Brother and sister in Christ, let me first tell you this. As you know, Jesus was a Jew, and Jews celebrated a wedding over a period of seven days. Yes, seven days. They're still doing it today. In fact, the Muslims also do it. Jesus attended this special wedding, and after many days, they ran out of wine. And the people at the wedding started to feel down and sad. And it was then when Maria told Jesus that this was a great opportunity to perform his first miracle. And then Jesus turned the water into wine. <laughs> what a joyful occasion indeed. And the, the wedding ceremony or the celebration rather, well, they, would be, they were able to continue the celebrations. My fellow Christians, we must have, and of course we must have, and show respect to God. We must worship him, bow down before him, love him and follow him. But that does not mean that we cannot have fun. That does not mean that we cannot laugh. That does not mean we cannot make jokes. That does not mean that our entire life must be one serious occasion. And please, most of all, it does not mean that we cannot worship him, the King of Kings, in and through joy and dance. Isn't that what David did? Making music and singing before God? Over 
and over again, Scripture tells us about a God who sends God's people out with shouts of joy and jubilation. To be filled with such joy must mean that there is also a brightness and lightheartedness to God. And given the immense playfulness of the works of God's hand, I would argue God has got a funny bone or two. Take a look at creation. From the art fark to a colorful array of flowers, God is creative, has a creative touch that crosses over into fantasy. Given God's interaction with people throughout the biblical narrative, I would also argue that God has to have a good sense of humor in order to put up with the ridiculousness that humankind has created. Our texts that we read from Genesis is an absolute perfect example. Following a beautiful display of hospitality, three strange visitors in the night announced that Sarah, well beyond childbearing years, will have a son. It is a laughable proposition, impossible you might even say. The only thing to do when hearing such a bizarre declaration is to laugh, which of course is exactly what Sarah did. God enters the scene to confirm this news from the messengers and calls attention to this response. After all, is anything too wonderful for God? God reminds Abram and Sarah that with God, even the impossible is possible. Sarah resists a bit more, denying her laughter in fear. But God has heard it and won't let it slide. I don't think God was so much reprimanding her for laughter, but rather recognizing that sometimes the mysterious works of God are so beyond our comprehension that we have nothing left to do but laugh. This also makes me think of the story we read in Numbers 22. Here we have a donkey talking to Balaam. A donkey, yes, a donkey talking to a human being. Let me read it to you. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam and he was angry and beat her with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and said, What have I done to you to make you beat me three, three times? <laughs> Balaam answered the donkey, you have made a fool of me. <laughs> now, come on, come on, listener, come on. <laughs> if you don't think this is funny, you know, I remember the very first time I read this and, and I really, I, I couldn't stop laughing. And I laughed and I laughed and I continued to laugh. And the next day, when I thought about it, I laughed again and again. It is just so funny. A donkey. I mean, imagine, imagine yourself. Imagine yourself, you're riding on a horse. Let's just say you're riding on a horse. And the next moment, there's all this, this horse is so tired, and the next moment the horse starts talking to you and tells you, can, I, can you please just stop? I am tired. I mean, just imagine a donkey talking to a man. That is laughable. I imagine that that God laughs with us many times, my brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Perhaps it's more, perhaps it's more of a, a knowing chuckle, a pat on the head, and um, you know, an "oh, if you only knew what I know" kind of laughter. But still, it reflects the gentleness with which God holds us, that can guide us into a future where dreams indeed can become reality. Laughter, my brother and sister, has the power to move our lives forward even in the midst of difficult times. In the story of Sarah, it is laughter that paves the way to a son she named Isaac, which, by the way, if you didn't know, means he laughs. Yes, my fellow Christians, the name Isaac means he laughs. Go check it up if you don't believe me. I would like to to now share a short audio clip with you. Now, this audio clip um, is from a comedian called Stephen Colbert, um, who is also a follower of Christ. And this clip was recorded in 2015 on a Catholic TV show. Let's listen. You can't laugh and be afraid at the same time. And I don't mean that, like, mentally you can't hold both things. It's somehow, like, autonomic. It's, it's somehow physical. I think it's one of the reasons why we, like, we, we laugh when we're afraid. Our body's trying to get rid of that feeling inside of us. But if you're, if you're laughing, you know, you, 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 act, you just won't be afraid, which is why it's so important to laugh at the devil. You know, I forgot who said it. It might have been Milton who says you must laugh at the devil because mockery alone he cannot abide. You know, I always say that several years ago, a certain president of the United States went to Iraq looking for the weapons of mass destruction mm -hmm. and didn't find them. Mm -hmm. We have the gift of mass construction. It's called joy. It's a dangerous weapon. Mm -hmm. And sometimes against the most horrific things that have happened in our lives mm -hmm. in the world, the best thing that can happen sometimes is laughter and a smile and joy. It's, uh, joy is super important. <laughs> we, at the old show, and hopefully the new show, uh, you know, we're, we're just starting up. Uh, we used to call it uh, the joy machine <laughs> because, uh, because especially when it was really hard, like on those days that, you know, doing a show all year round because we do, do 200 shows a year. And it's really hard to do that, but you don't want to bank down your ambition. So you'll, you'll do a really hard show in a really hard schedule. And somehow when it was hardest, it would often feel the most joyful, or often does feel the most joyful. And, um, and that's when I was sort of jokingly called the joy machine. But it's sort of true, because the only way to approach something that's really hard, it's got to be with joy. Because if you don't approach it with joy, it's just a machine. And it'll grind you up. And, and the, the lesson that I took from that is that doing something joyfully doesn't make it any easier. It only makes it better. And it also it makes it communal, that we're all doing it together. When you work in fear or when you work in, you know, in distress, you often feel alone. But jokes, laughter, humor, joy, whatever you want to call it, it connects people. I truly believe that, that laughter is being joyful. You know, the Oxford Dictionary says that joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Tears of joy. There is a direct connection between laughter and joy. 
Laughter is a holy act that connects us to one another and to God. Have you ever stood with family and friends mourning the loss of a loved one? Well, I have. And my experience is that almost without fail, stories will start to be shared that erupts into laughter, which breaks through the tension of grief and opens the way to remembrance. It had to have been the joy of the good news of the resurrection that spilled out and gave the women and disciples the courage to speak the deep truth that the one who was crucified now lived, even as they struggled with their own intense grief. Now such moments reminded them that they were not alone, and that the appearances of the risen Christ recorded in other Gospels provide additional help to move their story, our story, forward. We need to remember that on Easter morning God was laughing, Laughing at those who who thought death could contain Jesus Christ. Laughing at sin and evil in the world's, world's world's attempts to control it. The greatest reversal ever, resurrection, has been accomplished. It's worth some laughter because it borders on bizarreness. And yet, at the same time, it is true. It is the bedrock of our faith, the hope to which we cling. We, like the woman at the tomb, like the disciples, like Thomas, whose story in John's Gospel are caught between the tension of a story that is totally unbelievable and yet the one in which we ground our belief. It is good and right that we should laugh At the very idea of it. Not because we think it's stupid, but because our laughter is the only way we can overcome our fear of what if it is true after all. Just like Sarah, laughter allows us to breathe into the possibility for just a moment and experience the raw joy it represents. And in our laughter, God shows up with that chuckle and that not that reminds us that with God, all things are possible. And we laugh again because it all seems just too good to be true. The news of resurrection, the promise of eternal life and the unmerited grace, it overwhelms us with joy and laughter, a deep resounding laughter that ripples throughout our whole body. That joy is what leads us to praise and worship, to a deeper love of God who created us and spun this whole crazy world into being. I have laughed many times, thinking how incredible it is that Jesus died and rose from the dead. But that is a laughter of just how incredible, how powerful it is. It is It is something to laugh about, but it's a good laughter. Many times I have praised and worshipped and I laughed while doing it because of the incredible spiritual experience that is just out of this world that is unexplainable. A laughter of joy. True 
joy. I have laughed many times when I get excited about Jesus. I have laughed when I received the Holy Spirit. Mine wasn't a loud, ugly laughter. It was a silent, spiritual laughter inside of me of absolute, pure joy. So today, we laugh, a little or a lot, in hopes of catching on to some of that divine joy that filled the empty tomb. And to remind ourselves, even when things get difficult or seem impossible, that God is with us. And God is still laughing at the face of that which would otherwise bind us. What good news of great joy indeed. I want to end with Proverbs 17 verse 22. A joyful heart is good medicine. I want you to say this with me. A joyful heart is good medicine. Laugh a little or a lot, but do laugh. Be joyful, even when you're in pain or going through trials. For joy comes in the morning. Remember, joy comes from God and he already gave it to all of us. And it can never be taken away. God bless you. And may you have an absolute joyful day. Bye-bye.